Welcome to the uh, guideline session of BSH 2022. Uh, as usual, we've picked uh, four guidelines to uh, be presented today. Um, two from the Transfusion Guideline Task Force and two from the Hemato-Oncology um, Guideline Task Force. I'd like to introduce uh, Dr. Susie Morton, who's going to um, present the good practice paper on cytomegalovirus serological testing in potential allogeneic uh, hematopoietic stem cell transplant recipients. My name is Susie Morton. I'm a haematology consultant in Birmingham, working at University Hospitals Birmingham and NHS Blood and Transplant. Thank you for asking me to present this um, good practice paper on cytomegalovirus serological testing in potential allogeneic hemopoietic stem cell transplant recipients. We're going to start just by talking a little bit about the background to this issue um, and around CMV in transfused patients, um, UK practice, and then the implications for that before moving on to the recommendations in the paper. So we all know that cytomegalovirus CMV is a beta herpes virus, um, and once somebody is infected with CMV, it lies latent in the monocytes for the rest of their life. Um, and from a blood transfusion perspective, this gives the potential for transmission from donors who have had historical CMV infections through to um, patients who may be immune suppressed. Um, historically uh, and currently, CMV is a major cause of morbidity and mortality um, among stem cell transplant recipients. Um, and so in the past, we would have transfused CMV negative components for stem cell transplant recipients who were CMV naive. Um, when we say CMV uh, negative components, what we're talking about is components that are taken from donors who test negative for CMV IgG. And we conclude that because they don't have CMV antibodies, um, that they don't have any evidence of historic CMV infection. And we um, sort of label those components as being CMV negative. Um, in the 1990s, there were a series of studies showing the equivalence in risk of transmission um, in using uh, donations from CMV negative donors versus leukocyte reduction. And it sort of makes sense that if CMV uh, lies latent in monocytes, if you take the monocytes out of the blood component, does that reduce the risk of um, the virus being transmitted? This is dependent on leukocyte reduction methods and also CMV detection methods. But what has been shown is that with pre-storage leukocyte depletion or reduction, um, which we do universally in the UK uh, now and have done for many years, um, that the risk of transmitting CMV um, is basically equivalent um, to that of using donations from CMV negative donors. And we should also remember that CMV negative components um, themselves are not completely safe, largely due to the window period where a donor could be um, acutely infected and even viremic, uh, potentially from CMV, um, but not yet have made an IgG antibody. Um, and in many ways, those components are actually the highest risk uh, to patients. So um, following those studies in 2012, Sabte made a recommendation that leukocyte reduction is considered equivalent in reducing risk of transfusion transmitted CMV. Um, and thus that we could, uh, in the vast majority of patients, uh, transfuse components that are CMV untested and no longer need to provide CMV negative components. Um, and this was thought to be helpful in terms of reducing the additional cost of testing components, meaning that hospitals didn't have to run dual inventories um, of components, CMV unselected and CMV negative, um, 
thereby reducing things like ad hoc deliveries um, and improving emergency availability of, of blood. At this point, it's probably helpful to say um, that we do still need to provide granulocytes from CMV negative donors for patients who are CMV negative and undergoing stem cell transplant, um, because obviously we can't leukocyte reduce our granulocytes um, and the risk of CMV transmission there um, is still real. Um, there are um, some other groups of patients where we continue to transfuse CMV negative um, components, um, and that is elective transfusions in pregnant women. Um, and for intrauterine transfusions and neonates up to 28 days post the expected date of delivery. Um, and that is uh, because there's no um, uh, data in these patients to demonstrate that it's safe to use CMV unselected components and the consequences of CMV infection in those settings is um, significant. So both before and um, after the SABTO guidance came out, there was a sort of series of observational studies where people were looking at um, whether there was any transmission of CMV, adopting this approach of using the leukocyte reduction uh, to eliminate the CMV or reduce it. Um, and all the studies showed that it was a, a safe thing to do. There was a, a varying level um, of uh, patients having a sort of a single CMV PCR uh, positivity, but very few genuine transmission rates. Um, and the one clear transmission rate in the data was a patient who uh, was transfused with CMV unselected uh, granulocytes, later turned out to be CMV IgG positive. Um, so that wasn't due to the leukocyte reduced components or, or not definitively anyway. Um, so um, a few years later, a survey was done uh, across the country to see whether um, transplant centres and those uh, referring into those transplant centres had um, switched over to providing CMV uh, unselected components um, as per the sort of new recommendations at that time and found that the majority of people were, but there were still a small number of centres continuing to provide CMV negative components. And the reasoning for that being um, on two accounts that two centres felt that actually, despite the, the data presented, that the risk of CMV infection was still too high. Um, and noting particularly those exceptions of pregnant women and intrauterine transfusions um, and felt that that suggested that, that actually we couldn't be confident in the data um, and they didn't want to subject patients to an excess risk. Um, but a third comment um, about the risk of causing ambiguous CMV seriostatus in seronegative potential transplant recipients due to passive antibody transfer from CMV seropositive blood donors, um, which potentially could lead to erroneous donor or recipient CMV matching at transplant. So antibodies in the um, plasma containing blood components uh, being transferred into a patient and then the patient being sampled for serology and us identifying actually the donor's antibodies rather than the patient's antibodies and therefore misascribing their sero status as positive. Um, so uh, this, this is a sort of a, a genuine uh, and real phenomenon um, and so a further study was done to see whether you know how this sort of translated in practice and whether this was something that was really happening. Um, so in Oxford they had um, gone over to uh, using CMV unselected components before the SABTO guidance and thus had a, a few more patients and a few more years um, of, of patients than, than some other centres. Um, and um, they collected data on, um, on those patients to see effectively what, what was happening. Um, and amongst 24 patients, um, there were eight um, where the CMV status appeared to, to change on subsequent testing. Um, and then looking at those changes in status alongside which blood components had been 
transfused and whether they were CMV uh, negative or untested, um, it was possible to um, ascertain or at least to suggest um, that the transfusion of the CMV unselected components was leading to effectively false positive uh, results in those patients. Um, and not only was that leading to um, false positive results, um, but 75% of those patients were recorded as seropositive on the transplant database, um, uh, even though it was thought on review of their results that they were probably seronegative. Um, what we didn't see was um, uh, donor selection uh, being influenced by those positive results, and most of them were paired with a CMV negative donor, presumably based on, on results that had been ascertained um, uh, at, at baseline. Um, what we also saw was that more than a third of patients were transfused prior to their baseline CMV IgG, um, and there were many, many examples of samples being sent in close proximity to the transfusion. Um, this finding was um, was sort of found again by uh, another UK group who looked at a large number of patients receiving unselected components who were seronegative at baseline, but later um, found that sort of 18% of them tested positive, and this correlated um, with receiving a platelet transfusion. Um, and none of these patients importantly showed viremia, so it was felt that this was a passive acquisition of antibody rather than a true infection. Um, and there have been um, an anecdotal reports across the country of um, uh, donor searches being uh, redone based on um, sort of apparent changes in status. So a patient was originally teed up with a CMV negative donor, subsequently being found to be zero positive on a, a further test down the line um, and the transplant paused and a new donor found, which is obviously of concern. So in uh, these guidelines around CMV in transplant patients, which have now been archived, there were a few recommendations around this issue to try and um, highlight uh, the problem. Um, but this guideline is no longer in use. And we felt based on um, the available literature and experiences that it would be helpful to produce a good practice paper specifically looking at this issue and highlighting practical things that can be done to uh, uh, resolve it. So I'll just talk through the recommendations that have been made, um, hopefully none of which are too controversial, um, most of which are common sense, but it's surprising how many of them um, don't get done uh, in day-to-day -day practice because this isn't something that people are often thinking about, um, possibly. Um, and now that we are giving CMV unselected components, we don't tend to worry about checking the serious status at baseline because it doesn't stop us from giving uh, blood components like it would have done previously. Um, so the first recommendation is that all potential stem cell transplant recipients should be tested for the presence of CMV IgG antibody at diagnosis and prior to transfusion. And this would include effectively any patient that is going to be uh, potentially having a stem cell transplant as part of their treatment. Um, anybody who's found to be IgG negative should be retested prior to transplant to include uh, to exclude sorry a primary CMV infection, um, and that all recipients should have their IgG tested at least twice prior to transplant in order to try and identify um, if there are any discrepancies and to sort of um, create that opportunity to see that the status seems to be changing. Um, and then any change in serious status should be confirmed with repeat testing in the first instance, and then considering all of these different uh, types of errors that may occur, um, including transcription errors, which we do see, um, even if it's um, just copying from the computer, you know, down onto um, the transplant records um, or across to the transplant records. Um, 
where CMV testing can't be undertaken prior to transfusion, um, then there are a number of different things that can be considered. And first of which is whether it's possible to test a stored pre-transfusion sample. I think we've all seen patients who um, have presented acutely um, and have had uh, blood transfusions before they've been referred to haematology or, or seen by haematology, um, but most of them will have had a basic blood count and biochemistry samples sent, if not microbiology as well. Um, clearly, um, assays can only be done if they're validated um, in your lab, um, and it may be that um, you need to take advice from your local virologist, microbiologist um, on what, what can be tested on what sample, but that is an option um, that's available. Um, if testing can't be done prior to transfusion and you've only got a post-transfusion sample, then any test that comes back positive should be confirmed. Um, again, with as long a time from the transfusion as practically be practically possible. Um, appreciably, this is going to be difficult in patients who are usually fairly tra transfusion dependent through their treatment, um, but there can be windows of opportunity um, between cycles of chemotherapy, for example, Ideally, we would normally say three months, six months from the, the most recent transfusion to fully rule out a passive acquisition, but clearly that's not going to be possible um, in these patients. It really just needs um, a bit of, of thought about the best time and, and um, it's important that any results that are uh, being interpreted are, are interpreted in, in light of, of transfusions. If there is doubt as to whether the CMVIGG is due to genuine infection, or passive acquisition, then further testing should be done. So a repeat CMV IgG and IgM will help to identify an acute infection and the CMV PCR will also um, help to ident identify an active infection. And then there may be further tests available to you in conjunction with your uh, virologist. Um, so CMV IgG avidity testing, a historic infection will, um, in, a, in a patient will, um, result in them having antibodies which have a high affinity or avidity sorry for CMV so if the patient has a high avidity then it would suggest that the um, uh, infection was historic more likely to be a passively acquired antibody from a, a donor who is now well um, and then serial monitoring of semi-quantitative CMV IgG which you would expect to be declining in a patient that's acquired it from a transfusion but increasing in a patient that's generated it due to acute infection. The other thing that was found um, in the Oxford study was that there were, were sort of equivocal or borderline IgG values, which seemed to be sort of overrepresented. Um, and it was considered that this may be uh, more likely to represent uh, passive acquisition with very low levels of antibody. So anybody that has got equivocal um, values should definitely have a repeat result um, or test taken. Um, and um, as we sort of said all the way through, all CMV IgG results should be interpreted in the context of the transfusion of any CMV unselected components, and particularly um, in uh, components that have got lots of plasma. So um, apheresis platelets in particular, um, or plasma itself, um, and intravenous immunoglobulin, um, but also in patients that have received large volumes of blood components or where there's been a very short time between the component being transfused and the sample being taken. And then to sort of repeat what we have said already is that whenever we're looking at a CMV serious status to inform a donor search, it's important to take into account all CMV IgG results that have been taken on that patient and not just the most recent and to interpret them in the context of the history of the patient. 
And an important part of that is that all patients who are referred from one hospital to another, for example, referred elsewhere for a transplant, should have all of the results of their CMV tests included in the referral letter so that they can be used and interpreted appropriately. So in summary, this is a short good practice paper of practical advice highlighting um, the issue, which is very common. The key elements are that we should be sending samples at diagnosis, irrespective of whether the patient is in the transplant centre or not. We should interpret all serological results, not just CMV, um, based on transfusion history. We should be using um, all of the results that the patient has before assigning a serious status in order to um, inform a donor search. Um, and any instances where the serious status appears to change should be investigated appropriately. There's a podcast on this good practice paper on the BSH website covering much of, of what I've talked about today. And there'll be an audit tool coming soon as well. Thank you very much for listening.